1: Good evening. I'm Dr. Gina and welcome to prime time. What the heck is going on with Joe Biden today? Well, some call him President Biden, but it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. He hasn't been a leader that I've seen. President Trump was lambasted for not being presidential. But let me ask you this, is Joe Biden acting presidential at all? He's not given an address to the nation, as every president does well before this time in his presidency. And it's been seven weeks since he was sworn in and he still is not taking questions from the press. Biden is hiding, or more accurately, actually, Biden's handlers are hiding him. He was taken out on a field trip to a historic Washington, D.C. hardware store, and he looked just confused and lost like a nursing home patient that escaped.
2: And then, if I could just- let's go, on, you, guys. you guys. let's go. go. you guys. Come on, friends. We're going to move out. Gonna let's gonna go, go you guys, let's go. Come on, you let's go. Let's go. Come on let's go. Come on, let's go. Thank you. you guys. Come on, let's nice. go. Let's nice.
1: You can hear Biden's handlers ushering the media out of the room as they yelled questions about the crisis on the border, begging the president to just make a comment. The reporters were used by the Biden's handlers for just long enough to get pictures and a video of Biden looking at least awake and appearing to be concerned about a small business. But when reporters asked questions, they had worn out their welcome clearly. And I say this looks to me like elder abuse. They're trotting out a confused elderly man around in front of TV cameras so they can hold on to their power. And I don't think we have long until we see Kamala Harris step in and say, Joe, it's time to go. Biden will have a little work to do soon. He will have to sign the $1.9 trillion COVID pork bill that Pelosi and Schumer have rammed through the House and Senate with literally zero Republican support. They couldn't even get any rhinos to sign on this bill. That is the most wasteful example of government spending ever in our history. But if you thought they were done stealing taxpayer money and giving it to mismanaged Democrat states, well, you would be mistaken. Nancy Pelosi says that as long as COVID is out there, they will have to keep taking our money and distributing it to their friends and pet projects. So governors like Cuomo, Whitmer and Newsom can continue to destroy jobs and businesses in their states and they can just wait for the next check to roll in from the federal government because this is how power grabbing hungry politicians function and keep their power. Now, maybe if Pelosi could send a billion more dollars to Governor Cuomo in New York, he could actually get an accurate count on the nursing home deaths that he caused there. Although it's not just Cuomo who's in hot water. Over at Just the News, there is this headline, Move Over Cuomo, Democrat officials facing heat for hurting COVID patients into nursing homes. Critics allege COVID readmission policies drove up death rates among senior citizens. Now, for some odd reason, governors and other officials who just happen to be Democrats have really had a hard time keeping track of accurate numbers of nursing home deaths. Michigan Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who was hailed as a hero by the media for the past year, just like they did Cuomo, is now under fire for adopting the policy of mixing COVID patients in with other nursing home residents. Even Rachel Levine, now this is Biden's nominee at Health and Human Services, Infamous for being the first transgender nominee, she, he, she is now facing. I'm sorry, I get confused. Facing questions on why the nursing home death tally was uncounted, while Levine, we'll just go with the last name since we don't really understand what gender that person is, uh, was health secretary in the state of Pennsylvania. Now, there is a Democrat governor who hasn't been busted covering up nursing home deaths. So, yay. California Governor Newsom is just complicit in running his state into the ground while dining out at luxurious restaurants. And Newsom just delivered the state of the state address in California. And he says that the folks trying to get rid of him are just playing politics. Listen.
3: Look, the state of our state, it remains determined. I remain determined. And I just want you to know, we're not going to change course just because of of a few naysayers and and doomsdayers. So to the California critics out there who are promoting partisan political power grabs with outdated prejudices and rejecting everything that makes California truly great, we say this. We will not be distracted from getting shots in arms and our economy booming again.
1: Too bad more states don't have a recall option for their... Governors, that's all I think about that. All right, let's head around America to our hosts and correspondents on the ground. We start in Washington, D.C. with Sophie Mann. Sophie, go ahead.
2: Hey, Dr. G. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the nation's capital. Yesterday, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin approved a request by the D.C. Capitol Police to maintain a National Guard presence in the Capitol through at least May 23rd of this year. So currently we've got about 5,100 National Guard troops in the Capitol who have been here since January 6th um, or thereabout. And that number is going – they were initially scheduled to leave this weekend. The D.C. Capitol Police – Put in a call to the Pentagon saying, we don't want that to happen yet, we're not sure about the level of threat assessment, we're not sure how prepared we are. Um, And General Austin, secretary of state now Austin, said, okay, we'll we'll allow you to keep 2,300 National Guardsmen in the Capitol. Uh, This is going to go into the well past the four-month threshold after the January 6th breach, that we're going to continue to see National Guardsmen marching around the streets of D.C. What is unclear is how long the uh, barbed wire fence surrounding the nation's capital is going to stay up, making it fully impenetrable to to viewers, to tourists, to anybody who wants to get inside the people's house. It's going to be complemented by a nice backdrop of spring and summer coming to the capital, so we'll see what that ends up looking like. Initially, some governors did not want to lend their national Guard troopsmen to the Capitol for this maintained presence, but it seems now that enough of them have uh, agreed that the the action will be going forward as planned.
1: Oh, it will be interesting when the blooms, you know, the cherry blossoms start blossoming and families start wanting to vacation and not even to mention what's happening to the businesses in Washington, D.C. It'll be very interesting to see how all of that goes down uh, with uh, Fort Pelosi as, uh, as I believe Congresswoman Lauren Boebert called it on my show yesterday. Now out to Denver, to the headquarters, to Jessica Rivera. Jessica, what are you working on today?
0: Dr. Gina, since the passing of the $1.9 trillion stimulus package earlier today, I went ahead and spoke with the CEO of Engineer Tax Services, Julio Gonzalez, to get his take on what he thinks about this bill and the problems that he sees also in this bill. Take a listen.
4: Well, I think it's a bill that was a redistribution of wealth. I mean, I think there was so much in it that basically is taking from the taxpayers to di- redistribute to unnecessary functions like the uh, state bailouts, $360 billion there, money bailing out pensions, right? Pensions in states that mismanaged their funds. Between that, it will be high inflation. Like we're, like we're seeing at the gas prices already, three times as much as they were 30 days ago.
0: And Dr. Gina, when I was talking to Julio earlier, I asked him the very silly sounding question if the government or Congress had the power to place a moratorium on things like mortgages, rents, uh, student loans, I know that they've helped a little bit in that area, or holding off on 2020's taxes. And Julio says there isn't. But I know a lot of people are wondering um, if they have that kind of power because that's really what people are looking for is kind of a break to be able to catch their breath. And kind of make a plan, reevaluate, kind of see how things are. Uh, but according to Julio, that isn't in their power. So we'll have to just see how things play out from here. Back to you.
1: We sure will. Thank you so much, Jessica. Now let's head back to Washington, D.C., to Natalie Winters. I asked my producers to get you back here today. Natalie, you've been keeping track of how the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, has been making a lot of money from COVID. And you've reported at the National Pulse that the Wuhan lab, where the virus is suspected to have originated, has a research partner here in America that has taken a lot of PPP and government money. I guess COVID is good for business, at least in China
4: yes this is as absurd as a criminal getting to keep and profit off of the funds that they put up for bail the person of interest that we're talking about here goes by the name of peter dawshak and he runs that group eco health alliance which operates out of new york but interestingly for nearly two decades this group participated in research studies funded in part by the chinese government and the u.s government and these studies engineered what many have called the same quote doorway uh, into the human body that covid19 uses. Not only would the funding from the Chinese Communist Party present a conflict of interest and the fact that they effectively created the ability for COVID to be transmitted to humans uh, be very concerning, but this group took over $750,000 in PPP loans subsidized by the American taxpayer uh, when it was really this group that is partly responsible for creating the lockdowns, creating uh, the deadly disease uh, that caused businesses to have to shut down in the first place.
1: Natalie, you've also reported over at the National polls that China was able to make a lot of money by controlling most of the medical supplies around the world. Uh, so I guess it's a good time to be in PPE, personal protective equipment business, when your country releases a virus on the world. Because it, here's what I was wondering. I was wondering about this timing. Because, you know, we had at first, This is the, these are the dots I want to connect for our audience. I think this is critical, critical. Because at first we had uh, the uh, Surgeon General come out and say, no, nobody needs to wear masks. mask. That's ridiculous, nobody needs to wear masks." mask. We had uh, Fauci say nobody needs to wear masks." mask. Uh, we had the CDC say nobody needs to wear masks." mask. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Natalie, I noticed an about face from the CDC, uh, from, I'm sorry, <laughs> yes. From, from the CDC, from the Surgeon General, from Fauci, from Google, all of a sudden you could no longer Google search or Safari search. Any of the negative studies about the impacts of mask wearing—all of a sudden, all those studies were gone. The only place you could find them on big tech was, uh, you know, on a Duck Duck Go search. Natalie, it was just stunning. Also, all of a sudden, uh, um, platforms like Twitter and Facebook and other places—if you said anything about the detriments, the health impacts um, of wearing masks for prolonged periods of time and hypoxia and all of those things, all of a sudden, you would be banned. Suddenly you were banned. Also, all of a sudden, all of our big corporations, uh, like American Airlines and others, started banning people, many of our own friends, from their corporations, if they didn't comply, comply, comply with the mask. And all of a sudden, I noticed one other thing. The only place you could buy the masks that everyone was saying you had to wear were from China. Natalie, I just have a feeling you're going to tell me that wasn't a coincidence.
4: Exactly. Well, as with many problems in America, I think all roads kind of lead back to the Chinese Communist Party, and there's kind of two levels of issue here. One. Uh, for decades, obviously, our establishment politicians have pursued policies of outsourcing and offshore, uh, offshoring excuse me, uh, to China, our jobs and our factories, effectively letting the country control and seize our means of production, leaving us totally dependent on that country for masks, hand sanitizer, PPE, uh, protective equipment, plexiglass, and more. Uh, but what's really interesting, and really, again, an example of the Chinese Communist Party's economic warfare, is how various companies, most notably the Greenland Group, which 50% of that company is indeed owned by the Shanghai government, uh, as COVID-19 was heating up, they went on a buying blitz, according to company insiders around the world, especially Australia, where they bought millions of masks, hundreds of thousands of bottles of hand sanitizer and other personal protective equipment from countries in the West, leaving, as you said, countries like America, really stranded and abandoned uh, without a a lot of PPE to rely on. And interestingly enough, this this also dovetails with the Chinese Communist Party's information warfare, right? After all, it was the Chinese government that delayed for months uh, telling the United States, telling the rest of the world what was going on with COVID, and still they've yet to be fully transparent. So you really see a kind of deadly cocktail of both economic warfare, our reliance on China, and information warfare and propaganda coming from the Chinese Communist Party. That allowed them to profit immensely and hoard masks, hand sanitizer, all forms of PPE.
1: Fascinating. Again, I could talk to you all day, but we want to have you back because there is so much here to unpack. And when you look at this, and you you look at the fact that Joe Biden and the Biden family, and especially Hunter Biden, have taken so much money from the Chinese uh, government, uh, the CCP, it is it is positively terrifying what we are truly looking at here, at Natalie. And these aren't coincidences. There are too many for it to be coincidence. Thank you so much, Natalie.
4: Thank you.
2: Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only fourteen ninety-five. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door.
1: trillion-dollar COVID-porculus bill has officially passed Congress and Joe Biden's handlers will likely trot him out there and give him some cue cards and guide him through signing the bill if he can figure out which one it is and which pen to use. And then he will, of course, not take questions from the press and will be led out of the room to shuffle back to his dinner of mashed peas. And that's pretty much how that will go down. But Biden better not lose his signing pin because Nancy Pelosi is not done spending your money. Pelosi says that as long as the virus is out there, she is going to have to keep throwing your money at it. Here with me now to discuss, representing Florida's 17th Congressional District, Congressman Greg Stubbe. Congressman, thank you so much for being with us. Congressman, I thought the bill was bad, but Pelosi is already, I can't even... My brain won't even wrap around this insanity, but she is already talking about spending more of your constituents' money. I guess you have to hand it to the Democrats, though. They sure know how to spend other people's money, and they seem to be blatantly unembarrassed about this.
5: Well, it's not shocking. I mean, the goal of the socialist uh, progressive wing of the Democratic Party is to get everybody on welfare, to get everybody on handouts, get everybody on a monthly stipend and payments. Let's just think about this for a second. Last year in 2020, we spent $4 trillion just on COVID. Now, mind you, we only take in $3.5 trillion a year as a government in income taxes. So we spent half a trillion more just on COVID. That's not to mentioned the other budget items that we spent money on. I got into Congress last term, so a little over two years ago. The deficit was $21 trillion. It is now $29 trillion in one term in Congress, and they wanna keep spending more. It's it's absolutely outrageous. At some point, our bonds, our US bonds, are gonna be junk because we're gonna be so overly leveraged, and we're gonna owe so much that uh, we're not gonna be able to pay our bills.
1: Congressman, President Trump was often accused of uh, not being presidential in his term. But can you tell me exactly what is presidential about Joe Biden? He doesn't take questions from the press. When he does encounter members of the press, he ignores them. His handlers shoo them away. Uh, Here's a video of him, for example, on his little expedition to a small business in Washington, D.C., where he reminds me honestly. My mother, I I grew up in uh, working with her. She was director of nursing at a nursing home, and she worked in an Alzheimer's unit. It reminds me of someone who, when they escaped, which happened from time to time when she worked there, it reminds me of when her patients got loose. Watch. And
5: then if I was just...
2: Let's go, you guys. Come on, press. We're going to move out. Let's go, you guys, let's, go. On, let's go. Come on, Let's go. Come on, let's go. Let's go, you guys. Come on. Come on, let's go. Thank you, guys.
1: Congressman, I haven't heard any any Democrats saying, oh, there's nothing presidential about him, but he doesn't answer questions. He's not a leader. What, where, is, where is the president of the United States right now?
5: Can you imagine for a second if Trump was behaving that way? If Trump didn't have a press conference in 49 days, if immediately after giving a statement, he was shooed off and never answered questions. Can you imagine how the mainstream media and the left, would demonize him for not talking to the American people, and he's lost his mind, and he needs to be helped, and the vice president needs to step in. I mean, they were saying that, and the president was acting perfectly fine within his purview as the president of the United States when Trump was in office. They were saying that. Can you imagine what they would be doing if if Trump was doing the things that were Biden doing? The other day when he had a press conference, he couldn't remember the secretary of defense's name standing behind him and other legislators who've been in congress for 40 years as names it's it's really sad that we're at this state and you know that the chief of staff or somebody else in the biden administration that wasn't elected by the people uh, is running the government right now
1: in that last clip you could hear the members of the press begging for biden to address the border crisis and he just can't do it they you know this administration won't even admit that it is a crisis but this crisis is here whether they want to admit it or not what can be done when they refuse to even acknowledge that though?
5: Yeah, we had a hearing today. I sit on the Foreign Affairs Community Committee and the Secretary of State was there and again refusing to call it a crisis, refusing to uh, uh, say more than it was a challenge at the border and they're they're following the law, which is completely and utterly false. We've had a hundred thousand people detained just in this month of February, which is the highest amount of people detained on the southern border in February since 2006. If these numbers continue, there will be more people that will cross the border in this year than in the last three years combined. He wants to tear down the wall. He wants to give amnesty to illegals. And what do you think is going to happen when you make an announcement as the president of the United States that you're going to give amnesty to illegal immigrants that are present in the country you're going to have as many people as possible try to get into the country before he does that so that they can get citizenship it's a complete breakdown of law and order uh, i'm glad to see ashley moody in the state of florida is filing a lawsuit uh, like other states against these uh, immigration orders executive orders from the president because they're not lawful we are we are not following the law in the united states and that's not what america is about
1: when you get, you know, you know, my husband served as a senator in the state of Missouri. And I remember, you know, when you get the, the Democrats alone, you know, at, at committee dinners or things like that, they were, they were largely reasonable people. Uh, maybe some of them weren't, but, but largely they were. When, when you talk to these Democrats alone, congressmen, who are your colleagues, I mean, what do they say? <laughs> because I just, I, I can't, th- nothing that's going on right now seems sane, not even slightly sane. Not not like the Democrats that I've ever known in my life. I can't imagine how they are rationalizing any of this. What do they say for themselves?
5: Well, I can tell you that the politicization and the polarization that's going on in Washington is very, very real. Ever since January 6th, uh, Democrats blame Republicans for what occurred uh they we've they've called us domestic terrorists they've called me a traitor because i voted uh for the objections on the election integrity issues that we saw facing our country in some of these states there are moments in time where some of these democrats won't even get in an elevator with me because i objected to um to the objections on our constitutional basis to do that in the house so it's really sad to see the direction that we've gone maybe they used to have conversations in private with other members. That is not happening. I have not seen that happen in the wow. two and a half years that I've been in Congress. And it is a very, very polarized and political place right now. I mean, you've got, you got razor wire and fencing surrounding the entire Capitol because we're all, uh, we're all criminals.
1: Just unbelievable. Well, I I really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, telling us about that from the great state of Florida. We really appreciate you being with us tonight. Congressman Stuby, thank you so much.
5: Yeah, thanks for having me. All
1: right, coming up, blue state Democrats in hot water for mixing COVID patients in with nursing home populations. And even Biden's transgender HHS nominee is caught up in this scandal. So why is this just a Democrat problem? Why don't we see this happening in red states? We'll explore that next. We're Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you. Stick around.
0: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit SleepingDogsMovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's SleepingDogsMovie.com slash Wondery.
1: Democrat leaders around the country, they are in hot water. Here's the headline at Just the News. It says, Move over Cuomo, Democrat officials facing heat for hurting COVID patients into nursing homes. Now, for some reason, Democrats have a hard time keeping track of nursing home deaths, and they also tend to undercount or cover up the numbers of deaths in these nursing homes. But why is this just a Democrat phenomenon? Here with me now to discuss our AV contributor, Tom Borelli. Tom, welcome back to the show.
3: Hey, Dr. Gina, thanks for having me.
1: Now, blue state governors and officials have really had a hard time keeping track of accurate numbers of nursing home deaths, Tom. And in some cases, uh, they cover them up like Cuomo. And you have to wonder why anyone would mix nursing home patients in with COVID patients. Uh, Tom, do you have a theory as to why this is the case?
3: Well first thing, Dr. Gina, they certainly were not following the science because the science was very clear from the beginning, from Europe and from Asia, that it was the elderly who were most vulnerable to deadly impacts of COVID infections. That was clear, but with that knowledge, they decided to put COVID positive patients into the worst possible area, that is elderly homes and facilities. Now with Governor Cuomo, I did some research today and and Cuomo obviously wasn't following the science, but he was just follow the money. It turns out that a big hospital lobbying trade group The Greater New York Hospital Association, who, by the way, gave Cuomo a million-dollar donation in campaign funds during his last election, they didn't want COVID-positive nursing home patients in hospitals because the hospitals were losing money. They couldn't afford to do that. Why? Well, because Medicare and Medicaid don't fully reimburse hospitals for those costs. And at the same time, hospitals were losing money because emergency room treatments were down, surgeries were down, so there was a financial crisis. So the solution that this trade group gave to Cuomo and he followed their orders, he decided to move those patients out of the hospitals into nursing homes and with tragic results.
1: But there were several precautions that President Trump had taken. Uh, one, of course, being the we remember the huge ship pulling in that had been trans um, had been made into a hospital. Um, and and why wasn't that used? There were also hospital tents that were ready and available and were never used. This was millions and millions of dollars. And I and I actually remember at one point meeting some of the staff that was just standing by waiting for these COVID patients to show up, and they never, ever saw a single COVID patient. So why weren't any of these places used instead of the nursing homes?
3: Well, you know, that's a great question. And, I, you know, I only can speculate. I think part of it might have been just sheer politics. Would Cuomo, during a presidential election year, want to give President Trump the benefit of rescuing New York? So he'd rather just send patients to nursing homes. I think that's you know, a good possibility. There might have been some financial aspects to that as well. But my analysis is, and again, I'm speculating, it is that Cuomo didn't want to, wanted to give President Trump any credit for doing anything respect to COVID because Democrats wanted to use that, exploit COVID as much as they could to get President Trump unelected.
1: Well, and apparently there was quite a bit of money to be made also from th- the folks being put in the nursing homes. And so the whole thing is tragic that it comes down to, as I tell our audience here all the time, uh, follow the money, follow the political power, and oftentimes you can trace things back to either Big Pharma, the AMA, or the CCP in China, and you can get a lot done just looking those three places, and that, those are facts. But anyway, Tom, we appreciate you being with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, over in the state of Nevada, the socialists are on the madness march. Here, the news, Just the News, is reporting this headline. Entire Nevada Democrat Party staff quits after Democrat socialists take leadership positions. So why are the socialists so emboldened right now in Nevada? Here with me now to discuss both Uh, Coming to us from Nevada tonight, Courtney Holland and Jesus Marquez. Great to see you both. Jesus, to you first. The Democrats said that they uh, weren't really surprised uh, that they were um, prepared for it. So what happened there?
6: Well, yeah, they have to be prepared because this has been happening since the last cycle. The Socialist uh, Party is basically taking over uh, and it's taking over roots of the entire Democratic Party, not just in Nevada, but across the country. You're seeing that right. the the uh, the is moving further and further to the left. But uh, yeah, they they took over the Reed, the the famous Reed machine, which was the uh, the biggest and uh, most organized well oil apparatus, a political apparatus in Nevada. And uh, that era is coming to an end with this uh, takeover, hostile, I would say, takeover from the the socialists in Nevada.
1: Courtney, why are the socialists so emboldened there?
6: I I
7: believe they feel that they're so emboldened because they feel that everybody thinks the way that they do. And they don't. Uh, Nevada has a lot of moderate thinking people here in this state. I mean, personally, I know a lot of pro second amendment Democrats and a lot of pro choice Republicans. And so if you're going to push anybody too far to the left or even too far to the right on the other side of the spectrum, you're not going to win that vote. Um, However, they do know how to organize and this is what emboldens them. And you know, the the read machine as Jesus had mentioned, saw the writing on the wall, which is why they funneled $450,000 out of the party before the vote. In case they lost which is ultimately what happened and so now we're going to have two different factions going against each other here in this state and it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, the party comes together around this you mentioned
1: though that there um courtney were you know are some moderate democrats do you think some of those moderate democrats might jump in and uh vote republican how 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 is registration in Nevada, and what impact could this have on Republicans winning seats there in 2022?
7: Absolutely, um, you know this could be a very positive outcome for the GOP here in the state of Nevada, especially if the the new Nevada Democrat Party decides to push uh, very far left, progressive thinking candidates, especially against some of their incumbents. So this is an opportunity for the Nevada GOP to take advantage of those moderate, independent thinking people. Um, We have a very large uh, base of independent registered voters in this state and they're primed for the taking if this is the direction that the Nevada Democrats are heading.
1: Hey, since 2024, your presidential election was close. So what impact will these series of events have? um, You know, um, I'm sorry, in 2020, it was close uh, on 2024
6: oh yes i agree yeah i I agree with corny this is a uh, time of opportunity for the gop here in nevada uh now that president donald trump is reorganizing the party and uh, will embolden conservatives and uh centrists to actually uh take advantage of this because as corny said some of the democrats that don't agree with the far left agenda of the socialists in their own party is going to come to the republican party and possibly both for candidates that have a support of President Donald Trump. Let's not forget that President Donald Trump uh, attracted many uh, Democrats to, to the party and, and and also nonpartisan people to the party. Uh, it, here in Nevada, about a third of the electorate are not partisan, so that is uh, an op- opens the opportunity for us for Republicans to uh, give some uh, or take some ground on uh, here in political ground here in, in the state.
1: Did you see this coming, Jesus? I mean, you know, because it seems like the local level is where the socialists are working and being successful, frankly, not just in D.C., but, uh, you know, that's where the school boards are being influenced, local prosecutors, local election boards, that kind of thing. Did you see this coming? Did you know this was coming uh, your way? And uh, Because I think, uh, you know, the rest of the country needs to take this as a, not just a warning sign but a call to action, right, Jesus? Uh, because this is, this is coming soon to a theater near you, as we like to say.
6: Sure, no, yeah, we, we definitely saw this coming. I'm, I'm sure Courtney can say the same. Uh, w- when you work in the ground and, and, and work al- along communities here in, at the lo- at the local level, you, you can start noticing that uh, way far behind. So we did notice that uh, the Democratic Party was becoming too radicalized and uh, socialist. And they are, like Courtney said, they're very well organized. They work really good and hard in the communities, and they, they infiltrate all these other organizations, and that's what they That's exactly what they did Uh, we have to counteract and and we have to organize and uh, do our our part to to do good in the next in the next cycle
1: and Courtney what what would you say to our viewers who are saying you know hey we want to know what we can do so that doesn't happen where we live what's your best piece of advice so that doesn't happen to their state
7: absolutely I will start by saying local elections absolutely matter that needs to be the focus for every single person across this country, and this could be, as you mentioned, school boards, judicial, county races, mayor, um, all the way up to governor and senate and Congress, of course. And but as we saw this past year, how important um, local elections really do matter. I mean, when it comes to the COVID-19 pandemic and the the lockdowns uh, that people were faced with. Our kids are not in school. I mean, all of these decisions were made primarily at the local level. And so if you want to make a difference and you wanna make sure that we can take back our country, take back your city, look no further than your own backyard, get involved with your local county GOP, become a canvasser, register voters, and be a part of the change because we have a lot of opportunity ahead of us to take back our country and our cities. And, and do you think we will, Courtney? I do, I absolutely do, yes. I think there's a lot of very motivated people, uh, especially here in the state of Nevada. I mean, we were one of the, the hardest hit economies in the country We're we're our number one um, economic resource is tourism. And so uh, there's tons of people here I know that are frustrated with our governor, they're frustrated with the County Commission of Clark County. And they, they want to be involved. And so I, I get messages every single day from people that I never even thought would want to get involved that want to be a part of the solution. So I, I do feel very hopeful. Courtney, Jesus, thanks to both of you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here.
1: Coming up, the cancel mob strikes again. You won't believe who they canceled this time. That's next right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Welcome back to Dr. Cheetah Prime Time. We have another cancel story for you. (laughs) Instead of eliminating something actually dangerous, Disney Plus has now stopped children from being able to stream the movies Peter Pan and Dumbo because of negative depictions. Now, if you're an adult, you can still watch them, for now anyway. Uh, back with me to discuss Courtney Holland. Courtney, the leftists say that the movies haven't been banned, just restricted so that children can't watch them. Uh, But you, you look at the things that children can watch, and it's absolutely horrific, the things that they can see. But they're not going to let them watch Peter Pan and Dumbo. The world is upside down. I cannot imagine this. But what is your commentary on this?
7: Absolutely. I mean, I was very shocked to hear that, but it's a slippery slope living in this cancel culture world that we're in. And not only was it Dumbo and Peter Pan, but it's other movies like the Aristocats and Swiss Family Robinson. Um, the thing that got me with the Swiss Family Robinson is the pirates, I guess. Apparently, uh, they need to be censored because they're, they they. Pre- Portray a foreign menace, quote unquote, on that. So it's just, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, last summer it was Paw Patrol. We saw Mr. Potato Head. We saw um, uh, Dr. Seuss. Last week was was the thing, and uh, you know, everything's just becoming politicized. Our children's books, our children's movies, our children's toys, and it's it's dangerous. It's it's very, very, very sca- uh, scary. What is happening in this country? Um, And it's spreading worldwide. But meanwhile, they can go on virtually any tech platform and download any
1: pornography they want and wander into any bathroom of any gender. And I mean, the whole thing is just so, so confused. Anyway, Courtney, this video of Biden bugs me so, so much. Uh, We've shown it a few times in the show, but I want to watch it again because a a few things are happening here. Um, First of all, this is elder abuse. Watch. And
2: then if I just... Fred, let's go, on, you guys. Fred, let's go you, guys. Fred, let's go. We're out. Fred, let's go. Fred, let's go, guys. Come on, Let's go, this is the border, sir. Let's go, you guys. Come on. Come on, let's go.
1: Thank you guys. so much. if you really look at this, you have power brokers that are trying to maintain their power by sending out this hapless, hopeless, uh, really uh, shell of a human being, Courtney who belongs in a dementia care unit at this point. Um, and, and they've got him out there. He's lost, he doesn't know where he is, he doesn't know what he's doing, and that seems rather evident. And he seems to be declining by the day. And I can only imagine the sorts of you know drugs and things that they have him on just to prop him up to get him even out there. And then he still doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and, and all for their own power and pleasure, right? And then you have reporters and people desperately asking questions about our border crisis, Courtney, that he could no more answer than what, how Finally, were your peas mashed for lunch. I mean, he has no idea. This is scary.
7: Absolutely. I mean, they, they care more about what flavor of ice cream he's eating at the end of the night or about his dogs at the White House than really what's going on. And there is no way that basement biden is going to make it through the the rest of his presidency and make it to the end of these four years i mean him standing there he looks lost he looks confused he doesn't know what's going on and these are really pressing issues where we have a crisis at our southern border and there's a reason why and this exactly in my opinion shows why he has not done a press conference and we're coming up to almost 50 days since his inauguration And we have yet yeah. to hear from him. So they're obviously well, hiding him now in the White House basement.
1: Yeah, yeah, and apparently even the dogs gave up because I heard that they had to send the dogs right. home even. So they're not even there anymore for the press to comment on. I don't know if they just didn't know what to do because they couldn't, couldn't do photo ops with, with Biden and the dogs because maybe he looked even more confused when they got around, who knows, who knows. But uh, on a good note, it is time for our meme of the day and you get to join us. All right. We have one of the Facebook notifications that is used to notify your friends and family that you are safe after natural disasters. But here, Courtney, it says we've been marked safe from caring about the royal family since the 4th of July, 1776. Courtney, we've not mentioned the British royal family drama on this show until now. And maybe that's because we here in the U.S., don't have to care anymore but it is a sign of the times when so many people do seem to be more obsessed with that than they are about the failings of our government isn't it
7: it really is and it's it's pretty uh, shocking you know i thought when we dumped all that tea in the harbor we were going to be through with the royal family but i guess you know <laughs> when it comes to a uh, former hollywood actress that goes on to marry the prince of england and becomes a duchess and goes on a show with Oprah, uh, crying, "Woe is me." That uh, you know, those are the, those are the big issues at hand. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's sitting there yeah. in her. $14.7 million dollar mansion in Santa Barbara, where she's got Oprah as her neighbor, Ellen as her neighbor. She's got a tennis court in the backyard. Tough times. Uh, and you know, they're the victim, <laughs> right? You know, meanwhile, yeah, we're going exactly. through a once in a century pandemic. And uh, exactly. thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are losing their livelihoods, but I guess exactly. this is We're the out big, of time, uh,
1: Courtney. Issue. Thank you so much, though, for being Thank with you. us. We appreciate it. And now it's time I for Doctor Orders. So today I tweeted something that I thought you might enjoy and I wanted you to have to do a little math for this. This is what I tweeted. I tweeted, it's math time and this is the formula that I want you to do. If you take the entire population of Mexico and you subtract out the wealthy, in Mexico, the wealthy people in Mexico, and maybe some of the upper middle class who have a lot of family there or a successful business there, okay? And you add that number to the current US population, okay? Got that, whatever that number is, okay? total that and then i want you to subtract out okay it's so i guess it's actually algebra because now we're adding adding and subtracting uh, and subtract this number uh which you can't know this is actually an unknown number um, but it is the number of COVID deaths and um let's say what else, what else rheumatic fever and typhoid and whatever other mysterious diseases are going to come across the border because we don't know what those are altogether but we know that mysterious diseases come across the border All the time. So whatever deaths might be caused from mysterious and untested diseases coming across our open borders um, at the end of, I'm going to say, the Harris administration, because in my estimation, Joe Biden will not finish as president. I think it will be be Kamala Harris by the end of his administration. Um, And so that is my guesstimate as to what the U.S. population will be by the end of the Harris presidency if things continue as they are. Because let me ask you something, what in the world would be the incentive of anyone who's impoverished to stay in Mexico and not even just Mexico, let's think about the other impoverished countries around the world and why would they not come? So you can actually add those numbers too. And now we're getting a long string of of an algebraic equation happening right now. So you better be able to do a lot of math, right? And I remember back in grade school wondering what in the world I would ever use those long formulae for. But now we know, right? It was to figure out what the US population would be at the end of the Harris administration. And so now we know. And there's no reason to think that that's wrong because there's going to be no reason for them to stay in their own countries and to not come here with all of the diseases and all of the death and not to mention all of the terror that they will bring with them untested and undaunted, and there's no reason for them not to come, if things continue as they are. So what are we going to do about this? We're going to keep doing the math. We're going to keep telling the truth about the real science. I talked to my own father last night. I told you, I've always called him a scientist. He's a brilliant inventor. But I had to inform him. He said, you know, I heard some of these scientists at the very beginning of COVID talking over and over again about, you know, the the, the things that I don't hear anymore. It just kind of faded away. I said, Dad. Why do you think that might be? Did you ever think about following the money back to where you know the CCP and where their money is going, the corporate science and where that money is funding laboratories? Have you ever followed the money? Have you ever followed the politics? He said, oh, but Gina, you are not a doctor. My dad's a doctor. Well, I am a doctor, but a PhD doctor. My dad's a scientific kind of a doctor. He said, you've never studied science to the degree I have. You don't know. And I said, dad? I study politics every single day of my life now for decades. It's all I do. And if there's one thing I know, I know how politics works. I know how lobbyists works. And I know where the money that funds, the science that you get to see, that big tech will show you, I know where it goes. So I said, dad, if you will follow it, and if you'll let me show you on DuckDuckGo where the actual stuff was hidden, I can show you. So I took him through it last night and he said, hmm there it is. I can't find that on Google and I can't find that on any of the other big tech platforms. And I said, yeah, because they covered it up, dad, but I just sent it to you and I have them on my show every night. And if you'd watch, you'd know that. So my doctor's orders for today is make sure you watch this show every night because I will continue to show you the real math and the real science that is out there that they will continue to cover up. So that's your doctor's orders for today. And thank you to everyone here at your new home for Real News, RAV TV, Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B, up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children, love your God, you go boldly now, and live the truth. Good night, everybody.